All right, so this one is interesting, and I don't think one episode can cover this, but got to start somewhere, right? So artificial intelligence. The word artificial intelligence in and of itself is almost self-explanatory, but just as much as it is self-explanatory, it also works the other way around. A machine or computer that can think, react, and problem-solve and kind of hold a form of consciousness just like a human being is in many ways creepy, but it's also very interesting. So I like to make clear that before I start talking about all this, it would be impossible for me to cover every aspect of AI. And so what I've done is I've selectively picked the major topics in which I should fe- I feel that should be covered just in this episode. But please keep in mind that I may cover this more in depth over time, uh, but for now, I just want to start with the basics. So whether people like it or not, AI is heading in a direction that even the most brilliant uh, of minds are in awe of. Like, it's incredible. Although we don't yet have a good definition for the intelligence aspect of it, the artificial variety is even less clearly defined because it encompasses a shit ton of different techniques that ultimately shape the facets of what we understand humans can do with their thinking. So to explain that in plain English, we don't know its limits. (laughs) The entire idea as to whether or not this is the right direction in which we're headed is a very, it's strictly a value judgment that we'll need to apply not only to the techniques that are developed, but to how they'll shape our future in a very precise manner. And I'll get to that a little bit later. It's also likely that synthetic minds may very well be developed thoroughly, but with this innovative discovery comes the vigilance in which we have to be conscious of as human beings. We have to be very careful because we must be ready to rise up from this the same way that we invented it. We must be ready to destroy it the same way we created it. We must ensure that new intelligence doesn't arrive at the expense of biological intelligence. And what I mean by that is, you know, such as our own or that of other animals, right? We don't want it to surpass us, but At the same time, nobody truly knows which direction would be the right direction, morally, ethically, religiously, and, you know, technologically. That in itself is a big topic that's entirely up for debate. Now, based on studies conducted at both Harvard and MIT, machine-based learning eclipses the living hell out of reason-based learning. And it has to be, and has done so over the last 20 years. Within these machines are neural-based networks, similar to what our brains are composed of, in which machines and computers have uh, actually attained in the recent years. And so in the 1990s, leading into the early to mid-2000s, there was somewhat of a competition between five different methods of computer-style learning. You had neural networks, Bayesian networks, Markov methods, evolutionary algorithms, and support vector machines. Now, each method was competing for the top spot. Then, in the year 2012, about eight years ago, a pivotal breakthrough arrived. So, a researcher by the name of Geoffrey Hinton, along with his colleagues and professors at the University of Toronto in Canada, achieved the best accuracy in image recognition. And what does that mean? It was a test that conducted to evaluate the speed of these five methods by a margin of more than 10 percentage points. This was a massive breakthrough for the AI community. The question then became not if a form of AI was possible, but more so when. Now, in addition to all this, we must also remember that certain forms of AI 
are being used as I speak. So have you ever wondered how your phone knows where your house is when a notification pops up, say you come back from a friend's house and it says, you know, you're 30 minutes or 20 minutes away from home, or how your phone can be opened up with a scan of your fingerprint or through, you know, facial recognition software. That's a form of artificial intelligence. It's also being, you know, deployed in healthcare, music, book development, credit sweeps for credit card companies, banking, and more specifically, even in warfare, right, for, you know, the army and the military, whatnot. Something else that I also found interesting enough to discuss in the beginning of this segment is that computational models can help us understand how our human intelligence evolves, right? And in turn, it can actually help tell us more about ourselves. But the negative part of this is that whether we like it or not, we'll most certainly be teaching whatever piece of intelligence we input these models into more and more about humans. And there's a very good chance it's going to surpass us in a bunch of different categories, I mean, intellectually, and it's going to pass us so rapidly that the fear of it caused the White House to conduct a report on AI saying that machines will reach and exceed human performance on more and more tasks over the next 20 years. So something that will help you develop more of an understanding of this is that there's four main components to uh, artificial intelligence. Reactive machines, limited memory, theory of mind, and self-awareness. So when it comes to reactive machines, there's not much to this that we haven't already developed and have come to understand. So reactive machines purely react. They don't have the capability to have memories or, you know, look at past experiences to help them formulate its action on, you know, that's going on currently. And an example of this would be IBM's chess playing computer, otherwise known as the Deep Blue. Deep Blue went on to defeat international, international chess grandmaster Gary Kasparov in the late 90s. Now, what this computer did was it perceived the world directly as it saw it at that moment and acting one, on what it was observing in real time in that moment. Now, they also can't interactively participate in the world in the way that we would imagine AI systems may one day would be able to, like, you know, in the movies and whatnot, like iRobot or something like that. But this type of AI was then improved by Google uh, when Google created something called AlphaGo. And the improvements made by Google were pretty significant in the sense that Google used neural networks, as mentioned before, in order to create a more sophisticated version of this type of AI. But the overall behavior and functionality remains the same. I mean, like, it's got no emotions, it's got no conscious, the feelings of excitement or boredom, it doesn't exist, doesn't have it. And a lot of people have argued that we should not develop any kind of AI beyond this, just because it's something that it'll never turn against us because it doesn't have the ability to turn against us. And it doesn't have the ability to be able to process anything like that of any kind. It only focuses on the present and what we allow it to focus on. Then we have limited memory. This type of AI has the ability to look into the past. And so it's actually being used in self-driving cars right now. The case in point is that they can observe the direction and the speed of other cars that are currently on the road alongside it, right? However, this is the farthest extent to which this, what they call type 2, class would be able to perform because of the fact that this AI can't be conducted in one moment, but rather through identifying objects and monitoring them over a short period of time, not a long period, but a short period of time. 
And another noteworthy addition to this topic is that this type of AI does not store memories into an internal library of sorts, and it cannot learn from its own experience, so it's also limited in what it can do. But again, it's controllable with regards to how we as humans can control it, curate it, delegate it, and set limits to it, right? Again, some people argue this is pushing the boundaries, but I mean, for it to have been implemented already in mainstream society, I guess not. And then we come to the line in the sand that we have not crossed yet, and that is the theory of mind. So what's theory of mind? Machines in the next more advanced class not only form representations about the world, but they also form representations about other agents or entities in the world. Now, in psychology, this is called theory of mind. The understanding that people, creatures, and objects in the world can have thoughts and emotions that affect their own behavior is what this is all about. It's crucial to how we humans form societies because they allowed us to have social interactions. Without understanding each other's motives and intentions and without taking into account what somebody else knows, either about, you know, me, you, him, her, or the environment, working together is very difficult. At best, it's... it's you know, horrific. At worst, it's impossible. So if AI systems are indeed ever to walk among us, they'll have to be able to understand that each of us has thoughts and feelings and expectations for how we'll be treated, right? And they'll have to adjust their behavior accordingly. Again, a pretty good example is the movie iRobot with, with uh, Will Smith. And last but not certainly least, believe me, we have self-awareness. Now, the final yet most crucial step to AI development is the ability to build systems that can form representations about themselves. In other words, know that it exists. That is self-consciousness. That is true, in theory, the true extent in which we know AI can go to. This, in a sense, is an extension of the theory of mind possessed by, you know, the type 3 artificial intelligence. But it's also referred to as, you know, consciousness, self-awareness, for an exact reason. So, for example, if we were able to develop this, a machine that understands that I want that item is a very different statement from the machine saying, I know that I want that item. There's a big difference. Conscious beings are aware of themselves, just like as I'm talking to you. You're aware that you're listening to me. I'm aware that I'm speaking right now. They know about their internal states and they're able to predict the feelings of others, just as humans are or humans can. We assume someone honking behind us in traffic is angry or impatient because that's how we feel when we honk at others, right? So without theory of mind, we can't make those sorts of inferences. Again, this is already this is in humans, of course, this is in us. But if this can be put to a machine, then the whole concept and question is then what's really the difference between that machine and humans, right? And this is a big fear that a lot of people have. Now, we're probably far from creating machines that are self-aware. It is possible that it's been argued we should focus our efforts towards understanding memory, learning the ability to, you know, base decisions on past experiences and so on and so forth. But this is an important step to understand human intelligence on its own. And it's crucial if we want to design or have machines evolve that are more than exceptional at classifying what the machines see in front of them. Now, 
we come to the moral and ethical aspect of this, and I'm not going to cover this extensively because, again, this is very much up for debate, and the questions that come with them are up for debate. Now, one posing concern would be, how do we stay in control of such a complex intelligence system? And in reality, as of the time that I'm recording this episode, there's no definitive answer. To think that AI would one day become the singularity, which means the dominant species on this planet above us, is certainly something that many people around the world are not ready for. Next, a lot of people, or many would and have asked actually, how do we protect from unintended consequences? And as funny as it may sound, there is a really concerning thought that cannot be dismissed. Will it turn on us? And as funny as it sounds when you think of, you know, like the Terminator movies and whatnot, that is a legitimate question to have. I mean, when Elon Musk is asking those questions, you know that there's a concern. And when he fears that things are moving too quickly, that's when you know we have to be vigilant. The question in itself is pretty scary. And as much as I want to elaborate, I don't have the answer. And it would take minds much more brilliant than me to ensure that this would be something that we don't have to worry about if these concepts were to ever, you know, come alive. And finally, how would we keep this kind of technology safe from adversaries, you know, domestic and abroad, right? So within our own country or global, uh, globally, keep it from enemies. And, I'm, and also, I'm talking about as well, how do we keep it from some kind of underground criminal market, right? As well as, you know, bodies of government around the world that would, other governments that would want to use this tech or AI in the wrong way to take a swipe at other countries, right? Through many different ways. Because if you can create this, I mean, you're virtually in a certain way unstoppable. So on a very intricate level, I mean, what we as a species would have to understand is that the more powerful a technology becomes, the more that it can be used for very bad reasons as well as good reasons. This applies not only to robots produced to replace human sh soldiers or, you know, autonomous weapons, but also applies to AI systems that can cause damage if you uh, cause damage if it's used maliciously, right? Now, because these fights won't be fought on the battleground only, cybersecurity will become even more important. After all, we're dealing with a system that's way faster, way smarter, and way more capable than us by orders of magnitude. Like, we can't even fathom, because it, I, the way I see it is, if we were to take it this far and understand how to create AI to that level, of course we would want it to be better than us. If, if not, then what's the point, right? And that's where the debate lies. Should we even create something that could become better than us? And so... That's the first part of, uh, I think, an artificial intelligence series I'm going to be doing because there's so much to cover about it, and I find it so interesting. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you next time.